Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au. Psalm 43. Psalm 43. Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. For you are the God of my strength. Why do you cast me off? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? O send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. And then I'll go to the altar of God, to God, my exceeding joy. And on the harp, I will praise you, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why so disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I, I, I just thank you that every time we dive into your word, it has the capacity to speak into the, into the depth of our hearts, our lives, our spirit. Father, it, there's power in your word, Lord God. And I just pray that today as we dive into this word, Lord God, that you're going to speak to us as a congregation and as individuals, Lord God, that it's going to be a word that's going to speak into our lives, Lord God. Father, I just pray, let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. I thank you that the blood of Jesus cleanses me, us, from all unrighteousness, Lord God. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom, Lord God. There be a spirit of wisdom and revelation to understand your word. And I thank you for what you're going to do today. I thank you that you will speak in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to speak this, uh, this Christmas uh, over the next couple of weeks on the theme, Jesus, the light of the world. I want to speak on the theme over the next few weeks, Jesus, the light of the world. One of the things I love about Christmas uh, is uh, the Christmas lights. So many people love the Christmas lights of Christmas. They're absolutely amazing. And beginning in November, people start to put out the uh, Christmas lights. And um, after the doom and gloom of, uh, of uh, October, the end of October, the darkness of October, the end of October in particular, Christmas lights start coming out in November and it's just outstanding and uh, looks amazing. Uh, most of us have done the trek to the pilgrimage to Lobethal at one time or another in our lives. And the reason why we've gone is to see the Christmas lights. I'm shocked at the extent that people will go to to light up their house. I'm just shocked at what people will do. Check this out on, on the net and the world record at one stage for most lights in a house was held by a couple in Canberra with over 500,000 lights. Can you believe that? Um, the, the owner was the, he was the Minister for Energy, the Minister for Electricity. Uh, he was the one, that's what... Uh, <laughs> uh, it's actually uh, uh, now held by a New York home with 687,000 lights. I mean, who even counts them? Seriously. Just, you know, 687,000 lights uh, lighting up your home. Little electricity bill there, just there. Only frustration when it comes to Christmas lights is untangling them. You know, you got to untangle the lights. I heard that in the UK, Tesco, which is like a department store, had a position in the store for a Christmas lights untangler. 
um, you could bring in your tangled lights and this person would untangle them uh, for you for a fee. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't be one of those that has one of those, you know, like those little temper tantrums, you know. <laughs> Um, yes, we wouldn't want to have an argument the day before or anything like that. Uh, Christmas lights and tangled. One of the reasons why Jesus came some 2,000 years ago was to bring light. And when John described the coming of Christ, he said, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light that shines in the darkness, and all the darkness has not overcome it. In, in him was life. Uh, and that life was the light of all mankind. There's this kind of connection between light and life. Jesus came to bring life and, and, and he does that through, through the light of his word and, and, and through the light of his spirit. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Praise the Lord. Isaiah, in speaking of Jesus, said, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light and those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has begun to dawn. That in the midst of this darkness, a, a, a light has begun to, be, begun to dawn in the name of Jesus. And I pray that that would be the experience in all of our lives because I just love that analogy of, of in the midst of this incredible darkness that a, that a light starts to, starts to dawn and a, a light starts to come up. Jesus himself said, I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness, that, that everyone who believes in me should, should be able to experience light and life uh, in, in, in their lives. Throughout the Bible, we often see this contrast between light and darkness. You'll notice that with the scriptures we've just read, that there's, a, there's this contrast between the light and, and the darkness. Whatever, whenever the Bible speaks about darkness, it can mean several things. Uh, darkness can represent a physical darkness, night, uh, where we can't actually see. But the kind of darkness um, uh, that the Bible often speaks about was a couple. We're going to come back to another one. But one, one of the kind of darknesses that the Bible speaks about, uh, it's used kind of to describe the challenges and the difficult times in our lives. Uh, the, the situations in our life where, where it just seems hopeless, it doesn't seem to be a way out or, or a way through. We can see with our eyes, we can see the light, but there's a sense of darkness and hopelessness and oppression on our lives. Job said, yet when I hoped for good, evil came. When I looked for light, then came darkness. I was looking for some light, but then, then came the darkness. Jeremiah said, he has driven me away. This is Lamentations chapter 3. He's not going through a great time in his life. He's depressed, oppressed, uh, and, he's, and, and, he's, and he's describing this in Lamentations chapter 3. And he says, He's driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than the light. I just love the way, keep reading that because quite a dark chapter, Lamentations chapter three, Jeremiah had preached for year after year after year. No one listened to him and now Jerusalem was destroyed and he's depressed and, and, he's, and he's reading and he's kind of declaring exactly how he's feeling and he gets towards the end and he said, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope because the Lord's great love were not consumed. Compassion's never failed in you every morning. Great is your, he begins to encourage himself putting to put his faith in God. All of us are going to go through seasons in our lives where we experience not so much physical darkness, but emotional darkness. Um, uh, times where uh, we just feel oppressed and, and down. Anthony Dower in a book called All the Light We Cannot See, it's, a, it's a little, sort of like a mini-series on, on Netflix, it may, had this quote in the, in, in the book. It says, the most important light is the light we cannot see. Most important light 
is the light we cannot see. How true that is. No doubt many of us have at one time or another have said, I can't see I'm going to get through this. I can't see a way ahead. I can't see what I can do about that particular situation. And we, we can see perfectly well with our eyes. We can see perfectly well uh, around us, but we can't see a way through. It's in those times that the most important light is the light that we cannot see with our physical eyes. It's in those times that the most important light is, uh, is the light of truth. It's into that kind of darkness that Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, which is the most important light of all. I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you, you, you won't have to walk in darkness because you're going to have the light that leads to life. That's a powerful scripture. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. And if you follow after me, if you seek after me, if you, if you become one of my disciples, what a great challenge. You won't have to walk in darkness anymore. Because you will have the light that leads to life. Question is, how does Jesus help us in our dark times? How does God lead us out of darkness, the confusion, the despair? How does he lead us out of that and into a place of hope? Well, to help us unpack this thought and this idea, this concept, we're going to look at Psalm 43. And uh, as we look at this psalm, uh, I pray that God is going to speak to all of us. Just to give you some background to Psalm 43, uh, Psalm 42 uh, and 43 are actually separate psalms in our Bible. Um, but uh, early manuscripts uh, kind of present Psalm 42 and Psalm 43 as one. In fact, you'll see that they're actually speaking about exactly the same thing. So some people uh, believe the early manuscripts actually had them in, 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 uh, in as one psalm. Um, According to our Bible, uh, it says that the author was actually the sons of Korah, uh, but some people believe it was actually written by King David uh, at a time when he was being chased uh, by his son Absalom. And he, his son Absalom wanted to kill him and take over the throne. And so uh, David begins to leave the city uh, out of, out of uh, fear and to kind of save his life. And, and so that's kind of the context uh, of, of this particular Psalm, Psalm 43. Psalm 42 begins with these words, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Um, the only time, many of us know a song that we sing, that can maybe remember the song. As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs for you. Um, the only time a deer pants for water, it's when it's being chased. Uh, many have seen documentaries of lions uh, chasing uh, the deer. Um, most times the deer loses. Um, but if the deer does escape, um, the first thing it looks for is water. Because in the chase, uh, it uses up to 80% of the water uh, the fluid inside of its body. In fact, its body uh, in the chase rises up to about 190 degrees uh, as it's trying to uh, leave, as it's trying to escape uh, the lion. And if they don't get water pretty quickly, they're going to die. They're going to die. Uh, there's no question that as you read the psalm, that you notice the psalmist is actually in a dark place. Uh, he's been weeping day and night. He's not eating. Uh, my tears have been my food day and night. He's remembering the past. I remember how I used to go, uh, you know, with the procession. That's Psalm 42 and, and worship and, and, and lead the people of God. He feels like God has forgotten him. He feels rejected by God, oppressed by his enemies. 
He's in pain physically, emotionally, spiritually. People are saying, well, where is this God that you serve? Where is this God that you talk about? And he's lost hope. Because at the end of the psalm, he begins to speak to him. He said, why are you downcast, all my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Come on, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. I wonder there might be some people here today you can identify with the psalmist. You've been weeping, you've been chased, you feel like you're chased by an enemy. It's not actually a physical enemy necessarily. How many people know some of the, some of the, some of the greatest enemies are the enemies in our minds, in our hearts, in our spirit? It's not a physical enemy that's chasing us. It's not someone who's trying to bring us down. Sometimes it's an emotional, it's a spiritual activity where the enemy is coming against us relentlessly. Where is this God that you serve? And you wonder where is God? For me, what interests me the most is not what gets us into a dark place, but how we can get out. Can I hear an amen? What's the road out of a dark place? I know how to get into one. <laughs> it got into, in, in, into a dark place many times. You know, I don't, I don't even need the devil to help me get into a dark place. Sometimes it's this, 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 this brain that, that, you know, decisions we make that bring us into a dark place. Anyone, anyone know what I'm talking about? We're all one decision away from stupid, you know, <laughs> we're just one, just one. And often we blame the devil and we blame this. Sometimes it's our own decisions that bring us into a dark place. I know how to get into one. What I want to know is what's the way out of a dark place? Is there a way through a dark place? Is there a way out of a dark place? And what does that look like for me? The psalmist uh, says in, in this particular psalm, and, and there's one verse, I've referred to it before, but I want to kind of unpack it a little bit. And I pray it's going to encourage us. It's, it, there's, there's one verse in all of this where the psalmist is in a dark place and he's praying and he, and he prays. I pray this would become our prayer. And he says this, Oh, send your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me into your holy hill. And to your tabernacle. If the psalmist could have gotten out of that dark place, he would have done it already. He was powerful. He was mighty. He, he, he was a sharp guy. He, he had everything at his disposition and his power to be able to do that. But in this psalm, he's praying to God. Obviously, none of that could have helped him to get out of it. And so he begins to pray, Oh Lord, send your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them guide me to your holy hill. Let them bring me into your presence because that's where I want to be. Because ultimately it's in the presence of God where we experience the joy of the Lord. It's in the presence of God where we experience the peace of God. It's in the presence of God where we experience life and life in abundance, joy forevermore. It's in the presence of God. Oh, send your light and your truth. Let them bring me to that place where you are, Lord God so that I can see my life the way you see it. Two simple principles that I pray will speak to all of us today that's going to help us in our dark days. The first thing that's going to help us in our dark days is God's light. It's God's light. Oh, send your light, says the psalmist. If there's one thing we need when we're going through a tough time, a dark time, it's light. Light in the Bible means or speaks about to illuminate, to make visible, to reveal. Light helps us to see things the way they really are. Darkness conceals, but light reveals. You know, how many, you know, how many people think, you know, my house is clean, it's beautiful. 
in the dark. Especially if you turn off the lights, it looks amazing. But then when the light goes on, everything's revealed. Um, Paul says to the Ephesians, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Light has a way of exposing things for good and for bad. Light, light has a way of bringing things into the open. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christ like I believe in the sun, not only because I see it, but because by it all things are seen. I'm going to repeat that. C.S. Lewis, a great intellect, said, I believe in Christ like I believe in the sun, not only because I see it, but because by it, by it are all things seen. See, we can look at our lives and we can look at our situations, what we think is happening, what we think is a solution, who we think is to blame, who we think is responsible, and we can be completely wrong. What we think is a situation, what we think is the problem and what we think is the solution can be completely wrong. The, the psalmist understanding is propensity to get it wrong. Um, the, the psalmist understanding is propensity not to see things clearly. Says, send your light. Man, I love this. He says, send your light. The psalmist gets to a point in his life, in his walk with God. He's got, he's got to a position where he understands his own limitations. And so he prays, Lord, would you send your light? Help me to see things the way you see things, Lord. Man, it's powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful to get to a place in your life, in your walk with God, where you go, mm, I need you, God. <laughs> It's true when we face challenges. It's also true of our spiritual life. We've, we've often spoken about Peter, the disciple of Jesus. Peter thought it was invincible. Oh, I'll never leave you, Jesus. I'll be with you to the end. Amen. You can count on me. Oh, everybody else, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to deserve. Oh, not me, Jesus. And Peter was sincere. He meant what he was saying. He wasn't lying. He wasn't lying to himself. He really believed that he was actually uh, going to stand with Jesus. So what does Jesus do? Jesus gets out his torch and he begins to shine a light on Peter's heart so that he could see it for himself. Who he thought he was and who he really was was completely different. And when Jesus shone his light on, on, on Peter's heart, Peter got a chance to see what was really inside of him. Peter got a chance to, to get a glimpse of what, was, what his heart really looked like, what was really inside of his heart. Jesus says to him, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Peter's no way that's going to happen. And all it took was a young girl asking Peter, Peter, weren't you one of them that, were, weren't you one of them, Peter? Oh, no, I was not one of them. Sure, I reckon you were one of the followers. Just a little girl, just a little, a, a little situation. I just love it. I love it. I love it. Peter, big and strong. I'm powerful, strong, spiritually. I'm, I'll be a little girl. Weren't you one of them? Winky Prattney says, one of the great revelations we need to have in life is that we are not God. It's one of the great revelations that we can have in life. We are not God. 
I thought, man, that's pretty simple and basic. So I just, I just, I just thought, this is Winky Prattney now, right? Winky Prattney's in his 60s, 70s. He's been around for a long, long time and he's a great man of God, a spiritual man of God. So when he says, one of the great revelations we can have is, is that we are not God. I thought, I better listen to this because it doesn't, no joke, we're not God. So, you know, let me think about this a little bit. And the more I thought about it, just the more it began to sink into my heart, and into my spirit. We are not all knowing, we are not all powerful. It's one of the great revelations that we can get to in our life. I am not God. He is God. <laughs> we don't know what we don't know. And we can't see what we can't see. But God can. When you understand the power of God's light, you're going to seek after it. When you understand the power of God's light, when you understand the power of God's light, you're going to seek after it. Oh, send your light, says the psalmist. Because the psalmist had got to a, a, a point in his life where he understood that what he thought and what he believed and what he understood, that his brain could play tricks on him. He, under, he got to a place in his life where he understood that his heart could play tricks on him. By this time, he'd already experienced some pretty dark places in his life. By this time, he'd already seen the deceptiveness of his own heart. And so he prays, Lord, send your light. Send your light. Most important light in the world is the light we cannot see. It's God's light. The most important light in the world is the light we cannot see. It's God's light. We look down on Peter, but we need to understand, man, there's a Peter inside all of us. Can I hear an amen? amen. A few Peters around here. <laughs> There's a Peter inside all of us. You're going to grow spiritually. You need to get to a place where you understand. There's a Jacob inside all of us. There's a Peter inside all of us. We're all, we're all, we're, it's all inside of us. <laughs> There's a King David inside all of us. The sooner we come to that revelation, the freer we're going to be. Lord, send your light. Shine your light on my heart. Help me to see what, what's really in my heart. Help me to see myself like you see me. I don't want to live in a deception, Lord God. Help me to see my circumstances the way you see them, Lord God. See, as we look at our personal darkness and challenges and problems, you know, we can come to certain conclusions, assumptions, this is the way it is. You're wrong, I'm right, and we can be completely wrong. And once you get to a point in your life when you realize that you don't know everything, when you get, to, when you get a revelation of the power of God's light, you start to pray, Lord, would you send your light? Let, let, let it lead me to your holy mountain. His passion was to be with God. He knew his own intellect, his mind, his rationale, his pride, his self-righteousness could all get in the way of him getting into the presence of God. He understood all of that. And he's praying, oh God, send your light. Send your light. Send, send your light, oh God. Help me to see what you see. Help me to see what you see. David said, your word is a lamp unto my feet. Back in, back in Bible times, there were no street lights. Uh, we enjoy street lights so we can see how we're going. Nothing like that ever happened. They used to carry a lamp. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a word. Your word, Lord God, is a, is a lamp. It helps me to see my way ahead. I mean, people could see, but, 
but it's the, it's the, it's, it's his lamp that, that is his word that helps us to see our way ahead. I just love that word, you know, because we can see the word of God in two different ways. There's, there's logos, which is the general word of God, but then there's the rhema, which is the specific word of God for a specific situation. Your word, Father God, a, a word from you is going to guide me through the dark. One word from you, it's going to guide me through this darkness that I'm in right now. Psalm 119, verse 130, the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Well, I'm there, I'm the simple. So send your word, Lord. Send your word. God's, God's light sh- helps us to see where we're at spiritually. God's light helps us to, in our circumstances. Some people say, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God. We live in a world today that, you know, evolution is the, is the, is, is, is the way the whole world began. Um, and I've uh, been listening to uh, Christopher Hitchens, you know, he's uh, like an, you know, um, an atheist, doesn't believe in God and uh, he's in- intellectual people and I, I uh, love seeing him debate uh, one of the other guys. Is the, is the, is the, who is John Lennox is the guy. He's two brilliant minds that are debating. John Lennox, great Christian man of God, and, and you've got um, uh, Christopher Hitchens, you know, an atheist, and they're debating. I don't understand a word they're saying, you know, but they're, but they're debating, you know. And you hear Christopher Hitchens, he comes up with his... And they, oh, I believe in evolution. And I think... And people say that with such authority, science. Really? Are you sure? But Bible speaks about physical darkness. It also speaks about spiritual darkness. Paul says in Corinthians, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. That the God of this age, the God of this age has blinded the minds so they cannot see the light of the gospel. How true that is of the world we're living in today. Paul says in Ephesians, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. They've been darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of ignorance, due to the hardening, the stubbornness of their hearts. It's a great example of this in the life of the Apostle Paul. Pharisees of the Pharisees, a religious terrorist, doing what he thought was God's work, persecuting the sect called Christians, murdering, imprisoning those who he thought opposed God. Until one day, on his way to Damascus, as he neared Damascus on his journey, what happened to him? Suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Why, who are you, Lord? Saul asked, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. There are some of you here today, you're not sure about God. Just wondering, I don't know, Pastor Joe, I'm hearing you, I'm hearing what you're saying. I just, I just don't understand it all. That's okay. Keep asking questions. Can I just encourage you to pray, Lord, Lord, send your light. Because once you get a revelation of truth, once you get a revelation of truth, it'll change your life. 
It'll change your life. We often, you know, we kind of use the imagery of a light globe going off, you know, boom. You know, when, when you get a revelation of truth, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. It changed the Apostle Paul's life. So how do we deal with the darkness in our lives, the challenges, the hardships? First of all, we need to pray, Lord, send your light. Help me to, help me to see what you see. Help me to see this whole thing from your perspective, oh God. I don't know about you, but, but many, many times I, you know, I worry about stuff and I'm worried about this or that or the other thing. And, and you know, I try to work things out you know, with my own mind. But, 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 but then, then I think, oh, let me pray. Let me begin to see this thing. Lord, help me to see this thing from your perspective. Send your light. Let it lead me into your presence. Second thing that will help us in our dark days is God's truth. God's light. God's truth, that it lead me to your holy hill. Notice that there are three times in Psalm 42 and 43 where the psalmist talks to himself. He says, why are you downcast, all my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Saviour and my God. He's speaking to himself. He's encouraging himself. He's saying, why are you downcast, all my soul? Put your hope in God. Come on, He's going to see you through. See, there are times in our lives where we've got to start talking to ourselves. I love the story of David that, you know, he's in a terrible place. He's in Ziklag. Um, and uh, all the mighty men around him are talking about killing him. And there's this beautiful verse where it says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. It's just a powerful verse. There are times in our life where we don't get encouragement from anything around us. Everything is looking bleak and dark and even the people closest to us are, are not a source of encouragement. It's those times we need to learn to find encouragement from God our Lord. And David encouraged himself. This is David talking to himself. He's saying, why are you downcast? Come on, put your hope in God for I will yet praise Him. See, when we're in a dark place, we can start to believe that there is no hope. Our life is destroyed. We're useless, failures. No one can help us. The enemy starts to say, where is your God? And our reply needs to be in those kind of situations where it feels like, where we, our thoughts and our feelings are playing tricks on us, where it feels like we're in a hopeless situation. And we say, where is your God? And we need to pray, He's right here with me. Because even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me, oh God. Come on, church. Even, I'm, even when I'm walking in the darkest valley, I will not fear a single thing. Why? Because I know that you're with me. Isaiah 8.10, devise your strategy, but it will be thwarted. Propose your plan, but it will not stand for God is with us. Isn't that a great scripture? You can devise a way. Go ahead, go and devise all that you want, but it's not going to stand because God is with me. Matthew, the virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son and they shall call him many names. But one of those names is Emmanuel. Why? Because God is with us. What gives us hope in a dark place is the reality that God is with us. Whether we feel him or not, whether we think he's there or not, he is with us because that's the word of God. But now this is what the Lord says in Isaiah. He who created you, Jacob, who formed you, Israel, do not fear because I've redeemed you. I've summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. 
power of the enemy or the power the enemy has over us is to get us to believe a lie. If he can get us to believe the lie, he has no power over us. He just presents the lie. And if he can get the power that he has is to get us to believe the lie. And when we believe the lie, it affects everything about us. What we need to do in those times is challenge ourselves with the truth. Elijah was in a time of depression. He said, I've been zealous for the Lord. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your orders, put down your prophets. Now, I'm the only one left. He thought he was the only one left. He believed, he thought, he was fully convinced he was the only one left serving God. I'm the only one left. Everybody else has deserted you. Because of that, he lost hope. Reality, the reality was there were 7,000 people who had not bowed down to Baal. That was the truth. Psalmist says, send your light. Send your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill, to your tabernacle. Light and truth are synonymous. They can be used interchangeably. They kind of both mean the same thing. There's a kind of an overlap in, in both of those, light and truth, light and truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, then you will know the truth. The truth will set you free. When you know the truth, it's going to bring freedom into your life. The lie is going to keep you bound. The truth is going to set you free. When you know the truth, come to understand the truth about God, about yourself. That truth is going to set you free. The enemy wants to keep us bound. Jesus wants to set us free. So often we have issues, problems, struggles, don't know what to do. What we need in those situations is a word of truth. It's a word of truth. And the good news is Jesus said, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into whatever the darkness may look like in your life. Maybe whatever issue it looks like. You've heard me say a thousand times, what... Whatever the issue is in our lives, the answer is in the presence of God. However dark the darkness seems, however difficult it seems, the answer is in the presence of God. And the prayer we need to pray when, when we're there is, send your light, send your truth. Send your light, send your truth. Maybe a challenge with bitterness, unforgiveness. Maybe a challenge with an addiction, a fear, anxiety, relational problems. What we need in those things is, what we need in those situations is light and truth. And I love that scripture because it says, but when He, the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. So it's not like I need to find the truth. It's the Holy Spirit who takes us by the hand. The Holy Spirit who is a counsellor. The Holy Spirit who, is the, who, who guides us. He's going to lead us into truth. That's powerful. One final way that we can dispel the darkness is by beginning to worship. Something happens as we begin to worship. Never, never, never underestimate the power of corporate worship. 
There's something about the church gathering together to worship the Lord. In verse four, the psalmist says, then will I go to the altar of God, to God, my joy and my delight. I will praise you. It says here with the harp, not bad, or with the guitar or with the, you know, whatever. Oh God, my God, as the psalmist begins to think of the future. You know, he says, verse three is, send your light and your truth, let them lead me. And then I will go to the altar of God to God, my joy and my delight. So after you send your light and your truth, after that, I'm gonna go into your presence and I'm gonna to begin to worship. I'm gonna to begin to praise. When you're feeling down and discouraged, one of the things we can do is begin to worship. Worship is something you do when you feel like it. I love worshiping when everything's going good. I love it. Lord, you're good, you're amazing. It's beautiful. How many people know sometimes we've got to worship in faith? And it's not a lot I can worship God. Though the fig tree does not blossom and there be no hurt in this. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in God, my Saviour. I will worship the Lord. How many times did the Psalmist David say, I will worship the Lord. I will magnify the name. of I will worship God. Because he understood something about the power of worship. I can worship on my own. My worship is, you know, it's, it's great. I wish you could hear myself sing. But it doesn't compare with, with just gathering together with God's people and beginning to work. There's something about this. And when you're in a dark place, you know that church becomes an anchor for you. Church, be I can't wait till the next service. Can't wait to break bread together with the church. Of I can't wait. I need, to, I need to get to church. There's something about this. Something about this. Never underestimate what we do here on a Sunday. We don't just worship to kill time or to fill time. We worship because something very powerful about worship, something very powerful about the church gathering together and beginning to sing and to praise God. Something very powerful about, does it in something in our spirit, deep in our spirit, our hearts. It shifts something spiritually. That's why music is so powerful. That's why, I don't know, it's just something very, it has the power to shift something in our spirits. And as you begin to worship, you know, like Paul and Silas, you were in the dark. As you begin to worship, doors begin to open. <laughs> something begins to happen. Don't underestimate the power of worship. As, as you begin to worship, like Jonah, who worshipped in the belly of a whale, you get delivered miraculously. Or like Jehoshaphat, you start to win the battle. There are some of you here today, you're in a dark place. Like the psalmist, you feel abandoned, alone, distressed, overwhelmed, physically worn out. There's a battle in your mind. You're beginning to lose hope. If that's you today, you've got a few options before you. Oh, one option is try and work it all out. Struggle and strive. That's what I do. It's my default, unfortunately. Or you can pray like the psalmist. Oh, send your light and your truth. Let them lead me to your holy mountain. I want to encourage you to invite Jesus into your darkness. The Jesus who says, in Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. I think that's powerful. 
The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Remember, it's darkest just before the dawn. The darkest point of the night is just before the dawn. And the most important light is the light we can't see with our physical eyes. It's the light that we can see in our spirit. It's the light we can see in our, in, our, in our hearts. It's the light we can see in our mind. It's God's light. It's the most powerful light there is. It doesn't matter how dark darkness gets, God's light will not overcome it. Jesus promises that He's going to shine into the darkness by His grace for His glory. You pray, you invite Jesus in. You begin to worship the Lord. Would you stand with me? I'm going to sing this chorus, Praise the Lord. And I want you to worship the Lord with me. Praise the Lord, all my soul. Just, 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 just let it be something, an encouragement to your soul. Praise the Lord, all my soul. Praise the Lord. Maybe some of you here today, you're in a, you're in a dark spot. We, Jesus didn't come 2,000 years ago to keep us in the dark. I'm going to talk about this over the next couple of weeks, but Jesus didn't come to keep us in the dark. He came to bring light in Jesus' name. Not just 600,000 lights. Millions and millions and millions and millions. Millions, because he has a plan to light up the world. His plan to light up the world begins with lighting up our own lives and our own hearts. Will you sing with me?